Well, the Zags are once again heavy favorites to win the national championship, and it's thanks to the big fella in the middle, Drew Timmy. What does Drew need to do to lead this team to a national championship and bring the trophy back to Spokane? More on that right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to take you through another outstanding season of Gonzaga Hoops. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we are talking Drew Timmy today as we get closer and closer to the start of the college basketball season. It is eight days away from Gonzaga t- scrimmaging Tennessee in a really, really exciting game. That game is going to take place in Texas near the hometown, actually, I believe, in the hometown of Gonzaga forward Drew Timmy Richardson, Texas. We want to talk about Timmy today. We're going to talk about his history. We're going to talk a little bit about his best and worst case scenarios. And frankly, the overarching theme of the episode is what does Drew Timmy need to do to lead the Gonzaga Bulldogs to their first ever national championship? Does he need that for his legacy and how can he get them there? We're going to start out talking about his history. Drew Timmy was a top 50 prospect, like I said, out of Richardson, Texas. He was a well-regarded High school prospect, I know I watched this video, I'm sure many of you listening to this watched the video a few years back of him absolutely dominating in high school. He was 6'9 back then, he had handles, he was playing like a point guard, he was wearing big goggles, just a goofy looking guy, absolutely crushing everybody he was playing. Guess what? That's what he's become in college. That hasn't really changed. He's less of a point guard like he was in high school. He was playing a little bit more guard type position and was it was what made that video really stand out for Drew. But he's been an absolute menace ever since he got into college. He, he began his career backing up Phil Petrusev during that 1920 season. Uh, he played 20 and a half minutes per game. He averaged about 10 points and five and a half rebounds, even as a true freshman and a backup center. He wasn't a starter. He was just coming in playing 20 minutes per night, but he was a machine. He shot 62% on two pointers. His efficiency was something that he had right out of the shoots as a college player. Again, 10 points and five boards off the bench. You don't see that all of that often. I distinctly remember during the WCC tournament of that year when Drew Timmy was absolutely cooking. Dick Vitale was on the call, and he was just pumped, man. He was pumped. He's like, this guy's going to be so, so good. A true diaper dandy. And love him or hate with Dick Vitale, he was absolutely right here. He knew right away, he's like, this guy is going to be really, really good. And sure enough, we're looking back a couple years later, Drew Timmy is one of the all-time great Zags, potential three-time All-American, potential National Player of the Year, an award he has come close to winning already in his high school career. After that 1920 season, which of course got cut short uh, because of COVID-19, Philip Petrusev was out the door. Drew Timmy stepped into a starting role during that 2021 season, of course, with Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert up at the four and that dominating team that did not lose a game until the national championship, thanks in large part to the performance of Drew Timmy. He played 28 minutes per game. He averaged a career-high 19.7 rebounds, 2.3 assists. He was a ridiculous 67.7% on two-pointers. 
He made more than two-thirds of his shot attempts inside the three-point line. That is just insane levels of efficiency. The kind of stuff, Chet Holmgren was up around there. Brandon Clark was up around there. But those are the two of the most efficient seasons in Gonzaga basketball history. Drew Timmy right in that conversation as a sophomore again on that team with Jalen Suggs, with the fresh Andrew Nembhard getting his eligibility. Of course, Joel Iai, Corey Kispert, really, really talented team. But that team doesn't go to the Final Four. That team doesn't go to the National Championship without Drew Timmy. We can talk about the shot by Jalen Suggs, of course, against UCLA and his overall performance in the tournament. But the man who carried them from the second round all the way to the Final Four was Drew Timmy. He had... I will never stop talking about his run in the postseason during that 2021 NCAA tournament. He was an absolute machine. In a four-game stretch between excuse me, Oklahoma, Creighton, USC, and UCLA, in that four-game period of time, Drew Timmy averaged 25 points, seven rebounds, three and a half assists. He saw 70.2% on two-pointers and 77% from the free-throw line. 70% on two-pointers against Oklahoma, who had Brady Manek, who ended up being one of the best players on the North Carolina team that went to the national championship the following year. Creighton, who had Christian Bishop, who transferred to Texas and was one of the better big men in the entire country. USC, who had Evan Mobley, who is going to be an NBA Defensive Player of the Year someday, maybe as soon as this year, one of the best defensive big men on the planet. And then, of course, that UCLA team, which wasn't super deep, in the front court, but was still a really, really talented top-tier team on a torrid hot streak. Drew Timmy carved every single one of those teams up, just carved them up. 25 points on 70% shooting from inside the three-point line. An absolute wrecking ball in those four games. Of course, we know what happened after that. The Zags went to the national championship game. Things did not go well in that game. Drew Timmy had an off night. He wasn't shooting particularly well. He was also being exposed as a poor perimeter defensive player, something that really stood out in that game when Baylor was able to get switches with their guards, their really, really talented guards in Davion Mitchell, Macy Oteague, Jared Butler, getting those guys open, getting opportunities for them to attack the rim on guys like Drew Timmy, on guys like Corey Kispert. Unfortunately, that game did not go well for the Zags. Drew Timmy returns for the 21-22 season, partners up with Chet Holmgren in the front court, averages basically the same as what he did as a sophomore, 18.5.7 rebounds, 2.8 assists, so this was his career high in assists, and that makes sense because he was a bit more of a facilitator. The Zags created a situation because they had two big men on the floor most of the time because Chet Holmgren was such an elite low post scorer and, of course, a threat to shoot from the outside. Drew Timmy could could get the ball a little farther away from the rim and operate more in a facilitated role, a role we've seen guys take on. It's a it's a more common role in the NBA, like DeMontis Sabonis has taken on this role in a significant way. Now, Sabonis is farther away from the rim than Drew Timmy was, but what Drew was able to do last year is bring double teams to him and be more diligent about figuring out where to get the ball out, kick it out to shooters. Either they swing it back around Uh, and get an open shot, or they just take the open shot as it is. But for him to continually see his assist numbers climb up is showing his progression as an offensive basketball player. He also had a really strong NCAA tournament again. Of course, the Zags did not go as far, unfortunately. They really struggled in basically all three of the games that they played in the NCAA tournament. But they may not have even made it to the Sweet 16 without Drew Timmy. His performance against Memphis in that second half, the first about five minutes of the second half against Memphis in Portland, he put on an absolute clinic. Like he, he, They needed Drew Timmy to come out and absolutely 
do work in the low post in the second half of that game. There was they needed it. They absolutely needed it. They do not win that game without it. And he did. He came, I think, scored 11 points in about a four-minute stretch in the second half. Just absolutely turned the tide of that game. Helped lead the Zads to a victory. Of course, things didn't go well in the Arkansas game, unfortunately. But but then then it was the offseason. And then it was, is this the end of Drew Timmy's career? Have we seen the last of the big fella in a Gonzaga uniform? All offseason, the concern. Should the Zags get Dawes Amak from Utah Valley? Should the Zags get John A. Broom from Moorhead State? Should the Zags get... Kenneth Lofton, like, do they need to go find somebody to replace Drew Timmy? They went out, they got Efton Reed out of LSU, a great addition, but is he going to be capable of starting instead of Drew Timmy, et cetera, et cetera. And then at 11 p.m., the night before the deadline to decide whether you're going to stay in the NBA draft or come back to college, Drew Timmy hopped on Twitter, two words, I'm back, boom, he went back to playing his video games, and that was that. And now... We get one more year of Drew Timmy, at least one more year. Technically, he has two years of eligibility. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the final segment. But for right now, Drew Timmy's going to be here during the 22-23 season. He's going to be a National Player of the Year candidate. We're going to talk in the second segment about what he needs to do to lead this team to a national championship. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Sweat Block. It's fall wedding season, and I can't tell you how nice it is to not have to worry about sweating through my dress shirts while I'm out on the dance floor. Thanks to Sweatblock. I was able to fix my sweating issue and still cut a rug with Sweatblock. Sweatblock was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKED ON at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. All right, segment two, Flaherty Patton still locked on Zags. I want to thank all of you who have made Locked on Zags your first listen of the day. And I also want to thank all of you who have checked the show out on YouTube. Wearing a shirt, wearing a hat with Drew in it, Drew Blue, because of Drew Timmy, of course, trying to uh, continue to wear a different hat every episode this week as we're trying to generate interest in the YouTube channel to get it up to 1,000 subscribers before the start of the season. We're very close, so if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed on YouTube, it's very simple. Pull out your phone, find the YouTube app, search Locked on Zags, hit that subscribe button. Very, very, very appreciated. All right, we're talking Drew Timmy. We're talking best case and worst case scenarios for him in his second or in his fourth season with the Gonzaga Bulldogs. We're going to talk a little bit about what this might look like for him in terms of leading the Zags to a national championship. Again, with the best and worst case scenarios, I've talked about this caveat in the past. I don't talk about best case unless it's realistic. I don't talk about worst case being an injury because it's just not particularly helpful. Usually the example I use is I say I'm not going to say a best case scenario for a player is National Player of the Year and Finals MVP unless that is realistic. With Drew Timmy, National Player of the Year is very clearly the best case scenario. He is a finalist. He is a favorite right now, a betting favorite to be the National Player of the Year. Now, Oscar Shubay, of course, is coming back. Oscar Shubay has won the National Player of the Year award. Kentucky is going to be an extremely good team. Shubay is a torrid rebounder, averaged like 18 and 15 last year for the Wildcats. If he does anything close to that again, it's going to be really hard to unseat him as the National Player of the Year. Of course, there's also Armando, Armando Baycott at North Carolina. There's Hunter Dickinson at Michigan. There's Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. Marcus Sasser at Houston. 
There's a lot of high-end talent in college basketball right now, which is really fun, which is very exciting. That's something that hasn't really always been the case in college basketball because of the ability to leave early and go to the NBA. But we have this interesting dynamic where we have players who maybe don't fit the modern NBA but dominate in college. And because they can make money through NIL, we're seeing them come back more often and, and be around. And that's the case with Timmy and with with Shubway, with Baycott, with all those guys, really to an extent. And I think for Drew Timmy, though, the best case scenario is he wins that. The best case scenario is he's a three-time All-American. The best case scenario is he's WCC Player of the Year. And, of course, unquestionably, the only thing that really matters to Drew Timmy, he would love to be an actual Player of the Year. He'd love to be an All-American. I guarantee you he wants all that stuff. But he would trade it all. He would trade it all to be a national champion. The best case scenario for Drew Timmy is that he leads this team to a national championship, plain and simple. Now, the ways that he does that, the ways that that happens, obviously it's not all on Drew Timmy to lead this team to a national championship. There are a lot of other players on the team. There's, of course, Mark Few. There's also just kind of random chance and various things that happen to lead a team to a national championship. But Drew Timmy is the biggest, most important factor. For him to lead this team to a national championship, that 68% that we saw around the rim, that was his rate as a sophomore. It dropped to about 60% last year. That needs to bounce back up. I want to see Drew Timmy inside the three-point line at 65-plus percent. He needs to be hyper, hyper efficient. Beyond that, I want to see more of that mid-range game. We saw a little bit of it in craziness in the kennel. Of course, the guys are just kind of messing around in that scrimmage game. It's not overly serious. But Drew Timmy had some moves that looked Kevin Durante, that looked Dirk Nowitzki-esque, that looked like he maybe borrowed them from Chet potentially last year, where he's off one foot, he's taking these little turnarounds, fadeaway shots that are really, really hard to defend. If those can get knocked down, if he can make those consistently, stretches his range, it opens up the, the, the lanes a little bit. If he's 12, 15 feet away from the basket and still a legitimate threat to score, defenders have to be there. That pulls them away from the rim. That allows guys like Julian Strother and Hunter Salas and Malachi Smith to make backdoor cuts, to cut to the rim, to have more freedom to take their guy one-on-one because there's not a low post threat there because of Drew Timmy's ability to stretch things out a little bit. Beyond that, I think the decision-making with the basketball and the facilitating aspect of it, I think that's a huge part too. Drew's very good at this. He has always been good at this. He's not a black hole offensively. He knows when to make the right pass. He knows when to try to take his guy one-on-one. He's not perfect. No basketball player has ever been perfect about that decision-making, but Drew has steadily improved. And on a team where he's going to have more outside shooting around him than he's had in a really long time. I mean, the outside shooting on this team is arguably better than it was in that 2020-2021 team. Yeah, they had Corey Kispert, Joel Iyayi, but Jalen Suggs and Andrew Nembhard at the time weren't great outside shooters. This team's going to have Rasir Bolton. It's going to have Malachi Smith, 40-plus percent three-point shooters right there. Julian Strother's going to be out there. Uh, we'll see what Nolan Hickman looks like as a three-point shooter. He was kind of iffy last year, but if he's kind of become the guy that we think he can be, and then you have Hunter Salas and Dominic Harris. Dom's a great three-point shooter if he's healthy. Salas, that's kind of an area of his game that needs to improve. But for the most part, Drew Timmy's going to be operating in the middle of the floor with four, three to four guys around him who are really, really good three-point shooters. In a best-case scenario for him, he is consistently finding open guys and making it really hard for opposing teams to double-team him. Because if they don't double-team him, we've seen what happens. We've seen what happens when teams single coverage Drew Timmy. And even the best teams versus the Pacifics of the world, any team that tries to single cover Drew Timmy gets in trouble. So if teams are, are bringing double-teams 
and he's consistently finding the open guys, getting the ball out, not turning it over, not making dumb mistakes, not forcing shots that aren't there. That's a huge, huge benefit for the Zags. He has been, again, his assist numbers have steadily improved every single season. There's no reason he can't be around three and a half assists per game this year in a high usage role, getting the basketball with a bunch of shooters around him. And then, of course, the biggest issue that we saw crop up for him during the national championship game a few years ago, a big thing that needs to improve for Drew Timmy, the defense. This team lost Chet Holmgren. And... They didn't replace Chet Holmgren with a significant, impactful rim protector. We have Efton Reed. I think Efton Reed is great. I think he is capable of being a rim protector. I think he's capable of being a very good rim protector, but he wasn't asked to do that when he was at LSU, and so he doesn't have a lot of experience in that role. Beyond that, I think the Zags are going to roll a lot of lineups where Drew Timmy is playing the five, and either Anton Watson or Julian Strother are playing the four. Both those guys are talented players, Neither of them are rim protectors either. They're also both 6'8", 6'9", so it's it's difficult to ask them to play that role. So if Drew's the primary big man on the floor for 28 to, you know, 25 to 28 minutes per game, he's going to have to handle that role. There's He's going to have to be a tenacious rebounder. He's going to have to be a rim protector, a shot alterer, uh, a guy who does that without fouling. Best case scenario, we see tangible improvements in that area. He joked with media that he wants to break Chet Holmgren's single-season block record. Obviously, that's not going to happen for Drew Timmy, but if he knows that that is a priority, something to work on and improve on, uh, he's got excellent footwork offensively. There's little reason to believe he can't be better on that end of the floor defensively. We also know that you know perimeter defense away from the rim on those switches has been something that was challenging for him. Best case scenario, when he is exposed in those situations, when teams can find ways to get those mismatches and get guards on him, he is improved in that area. He is better defensively in those situations because good teams are going to find ways to do that. They're going to exploit those mismatches. They're going to do what Baylor did. And in the best case scenario, the Zags can withstand that and it's not something that ends up burying them. Best case scenario for Drew Timmy is he does enough this season to be an NBA draft selection. He has always been on the borderline of, is he going to get drafted? Is he going to be a second round guy, late second round guy? Is he going to be an undrafted guy, two-way guy, whatever it may be? Best case scenario is he does enough this year, shows enough improvement in the areas he needs to improve that he is a mid-second round selection, kind of goes the Luca Garza route where he gets selected. Maybe he bounces around a little bit, but he's he finds himself in the NBA pretty consistently. Now, the worst case scenario for Drew Timmy still looks pretty darn good. It's hard to imagine a scenario where he just he craters or he falls off a cliff or he's not as he's not good at all. He's still going to be very, very good, of course. It's Drew Timmy. He's one of the best college basketball players we've seen in a very, very long time. But the worst case scenarios are that some of the areas that we want to see improvements from, we just don't. I think the worst case scenario that we could see for Drew Timmy, quite frankly, is that we see an uptick in his attempts from the outside, but not an uptick in his actual percentage. So he comes out and he thinks, hey, I want to shoot more threes. I want to shoot, you know, two, two and a half, three attempts per game because I want that aspect of my game to be showed off more. I want to showcase it more. I want to, you know, impress the scouts. And he's out there shooting 29, 30, 32% or whatever. And just kind of a lot of offensive possessions are wasted because Drew Timmy's taking not so great shots. To be clear, I don't think this is going to happen. Mark Few has, has done a really good job of not 
the, the Zags don't incorporate a lot of big men shooting. That just hasn't been a, a part of their offense. And guys who who want to work on that, who need to improve that, uh, we haven't seen a lot of situations where they've kind of taken over games in, in an attempt to do that. And I'd be surprised knowing Drew Timmy's competitive fire and his you know his his leadership. I, I don't think he's going to do that. But to me, that would be the worst case scenario. Beyond that, of course, there's the defensive faults, the defensive concerns is that he's just, the, the Zags' rim protection struggles this year. They, they don't have a lot of it. Guards, bigger guards, are able to get to the rim, are able to draw contact or get free lands, and Drew Timmy is not able to be the shot alterer that the Zags really need him to be. Worst case scenario for Drew Timmy is that efficiency is closer to 61% like it was as a junior, not that 67% that it was as a sophomore. Again, not a huge difference, and, and also still both really, really elite numbers. But for the Zags to really be the best version of their team that they can be, Drew needs to be over two-thirds, you know, closer to 70% around the rim. If he can be at that level of efficiency and a better facilitator, getting the ball to shooters, th- this team's going to be really, really, really hard to beat. All right, we're going to come back in the third and final segment. We're going to discuss Timmy's expectations for next season, and we're going to talk about what his professional future might look like. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball is now less than two weeks away while college football and the NFL are underway, and of course the MLB playoffs are in full swing. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines for coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment three, still any patents, still locked on Zach. Still talking Drew Timmy here as we look at the big man's fourth season at Gonzaga. Very, very exciting stuff that he's back, of course. We're going to talk about his realistic role here. I think Drew Timmy is going to be a three-time All-American. I think pretty, pretty feel pretty good about the fact that Drew Timmy is going to put up comparable numbers to what he's put up the last couple of seasons, 18-ish points per game, six and a half, seven rebounds per game. If he puts up improved assist numbers, maybe around three per game or at least over two and a half per game, be shooting 60-ish, 65, 68% from two. You're, you, the Zags are going to be a team that's going to be in the conversation for a number one overall seed or at least a number one seed throughout the season. All of that happens. Drew Timmy finds himself on the All-American team. Winning National Player of the Year is going to be tough because of Shubway, because of Baycott, because of all of those guys. There's a lot of high-end competition for that award, but Drew Timmy is the best scorer and the highest usage rate, going to be one of the highest usage rate players in the country. He's got elite footwork. Again, if we see some improvements in that facilitating and passing the ball a little bit more, Gonzaga's offense is going to be a well, well-oiled machine, and Drew is, of course, going to be a big, big part of that. I think still the biggest hinge is the defense. I think Drew Timmy's improvements on defense are one of the biggest things that need to happen for the Zags to win a national championship. I was making a list of things that like that need 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 to happen in order for this team to be bringing home a trophy. I honestly think number one on the list is Drew's defensive improvements. 
I think outside of that, like Mark Few's willingness to adjust rotations is on that list. You know, obviously improvements from Nolan Hickman as a distributor, as a as a true point guard. Uh, Hunter Salas improvements uh, offensively so he can be more of a weapon off the bench. Like there's a lot of things that I think need to happen and can and will happen in order for this team to be in contention for a national championship. But the the post defense away from the rim and around the rim is a big question mark for this team right now. Anton Watson is a big piece of that. He's a great defensive player away from the rim. He's a fine defensive player at the rim as well, but that's not really something he's been asked to do. Efton Reed, very similar situation. Of course, Reed is much, much bigger than Anton Watson. He's seven foot, 240 pounds, and he looks every single inch of it, but he hasn't been asked to be much of a rim protector either. So that's just an area on this Gonzaga roster that frankly is a bit there's not a lot of depth there. There's not a lot of of confidence in the players in those positions right now. So Drew, as a leader, as a veteran guy, you know, as somebody who has an understanding of what this team needs and what can happen when this team doesn't have depth right there because he saw it happen to him in that Baylor game. I think improvements there, ability to be more of a rim protector, shot alterer, those are the kind of things that if that stuff doesn't happen, if Drew or Reed or Anton aren't really ready to to step into a role right there and really contribute in that area, it's hard for me to imagine that they win every game in the NCAA tournament. It's just hard to imagine that somebody doesn't clip them because of that. It's such a it's it's an important aspect. And of course it didn't happen until the national championship, but it still happened. And it still will probably happen again if the Zags don't find a way to to really make an impact around the rim. Chet Holmgren was was so impactful because they didn't need anybody else to do anything. He just, he did it all. He did it all. He was so long, such good footwork, such good timing. Like he could, he could, he could erase any mistakes by other defensive players on the team. The Zags do not have a guy to do that right now. So that's an area that unless somebody steps up in a significant way, I think it's going to be a deterrent for this team. Drew, as the leader, as the veteran guy, he's kind of the person that needs to step up and do that. Beyond that, for Drew, I'm really curious how the outside shooting is going to shape up. It's not a secret that Drew Timmy's ability to stretch the floor and shoot from the outside is a huge hinge for whether he's going to be an NBA player. This is not a surprise. This is not something that, you know, Drew might tell you he's not thinking about. NBA scouts may say they're not thinking about it, whatever, but they are. It is important. If he is not going to be able to stretch the floor at all, his ability to stick in the NBA is limited because... The low post scoring just is not as impactful in the modern NBA. The lane is shorter. There's less room to operate. Teams don't like to get the ball down in the post and just kind of let one guy operate. It's just not how the league works. And for Drew, if that's the the primary thing that he's bringing into a league that doesn't really utilize that skill, it's hard to see where he sticks. But if he can make improvements defensively and if he can stretch the defense to the point where, yeah, we can rely on him to take open threes and defenders have to get out, they have to step out on him, that's a huge element too. What I'm curious about is how is he going to be able to show that off during this season? Is he going to get opportunities to take out such a... He'll take some... He's always taken some. It's not he'll take one or so, one and a half, maybe two per game, and that's totally fine. I don't think that there's a problem with him taking a, a few of them, but I'm wondering if we're going to see an uptick in that, or if he takes, you know, one or two per game for the first ten games, but he's shooting pretty well. Then maybe, oh yeah, he's made four out of his first eleven. Like maybe we let him keep doing that. I'm curious, kind of how that's going to go 
throughout the season. It's it's an element of of this upcoming Gonzaga season that I'm very interested in. Is is how much of Drew Timmy's outside shooting do we see? Do we see improvements there? Do we see him scrap it early in the year and just focus on being the low post dominant scorer that he is? Uh, in that case, does that hurt his professional aspirations? Does he continue to work on it on the side and show you know show it off during the NBA Combine? Like who knows exactly how that's going to shake out. But I do want to say on that, I think this is Drew's final year in Spokane. I would have said that last year at this time. In fact, if you go back and listen, I almost certainly did say that at this time last year. So who knows? He does technically have another year of eligibility. However, as I understand it, this is what happened with Andrew Nembhard. If you declare for the NBA draft for a third time, you immediately give up your eligibility. So for Drew Timmy to return to Gonzaga for his COVID year, he would have to not even declare for the NBA draft. I find that very unlikely to happen. I think after the season, Drew is going to declare for the NBA draft, which then ends his Gonzaga career, ends his collegiate eligibility. And I don't know if he's going to get drafted. I frankly, I'm not sure. I think kind of no. I I think we'd have to see some pretty steady improvements for him in order for him to get selected. I could see him being, you know, one of the last five picked guys because he's like a well-known name. He's a veteran guy. And I think he's going to compete for a roster spot. And I think he's more than capable of competing for a roster spot. Similar to Luca Garza, I think he was like one of the last five players selected in his draft class. Uh, He's been on two-way contracts for the last couple of years. I think he just recently signed another contract with the Minnesota Timberwolves, so he's continuing to bounce around the league. Uh, but I think Drew's going to have a similar career. I think it's it's tough to see one of the greatest Zags of all time not really stick in the NBA. One of the greatest college basketball players of all time, a player who really encapsulates the differences between the, the modern NBA and the college basketball game. No player. Oscar Shubway is the only other player that really kind of fully encapsulates the two differences between those two leagues. Like Kofi Coburn is an interesting one who was at Monster at Illinois and is now in the professional ranks, but not expected to be a huge contributor in the NBA. So we've kind of seen this group of players really crop up in the last couple of years. And Drew is really right at the forefront of it. And I'm curious what that means is his professional career is going to look like. It's something I'm very fascinated by. I, I wish I was more optimistic and more hopeful that he would have like a really productive professional career in the NBA. I think he has the potential to have an incredibly prof- uh, great professional career. It just might not happen in the NBA. Maybe it happens in the G league. Maybe it happens overseas. Uh, maybe it's some combination of all of those. I don't know, but I, 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 I don't see Drew's current game fitting all that well in the modern NBA, and I don't think that that's necessarily going to change in the next year. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to check out my written content at scorezagscore.com. One more episode coming out on Friday for another player preview series talking about one of the most polarizing players on the roster in Dominic Harris right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on YouTube as well. Finally, I want to thank all of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. If you're itching to get back into college hoops and you want to hear about some of the other top-tier teams in the NCAA, check out Locked On's newest college show, Locked On Cougs, all about the Houston Cougars. Friend of the show and former guest Parker Ainsworth is in his first couple of weeks as the host of Locked On Cougs. It's a great way for fans of college basketball to learn more about Marcus Sasser and Kelvin Sampson's outstanding 2022 recruiting class. All right, folks, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.